One of the few things that Jesus commanded we should go and learn. So if you want, you can turn your Bibles to Matthew 9, verse 13. And um, it's towards the very beginning of his ministry. He hadn't yet called even the 12 disciples. So the context here um, is Jesus declaring uh, who his 12 uh, most loyal subjects would be, or the ones that he would choose to be his most most uh, followed believers. Um, obviously, they weren't they weren't all loyal as Judas the Iscariot, you know, betrayed him. But there are three times in Scripture that we have recorded that Jesus says, "Go and learn this," or "Go and learn what this means." And this is the first one we get to read. Um, the other two happen in Matthew 11:29 and Matthew 24:32. And the three subject materials that Jesus asks us to learn, that one we'll talk about tonight, the other two we won't address, but just bring them up for the sake of their importance. Um, mercy is what we're going to learn about tonight. The second being humility and gentleness. And the third um, being the end times. In uh, Matthew 24:32, Jesus says, Go and learn from the fig tree. And it's in the context of how the fig tree um, is a foretelling of Jesus' return to earth forever. So we won't address the latter two, but tonight I do want to talk about the importance of mercy. And there are few things, well many things in fact, that we can learn just by coming you know, and being in community with believers. Um, we can learn about fellowship and deliverance and grace and healing. And um, the right love, we can just receive the love of Jesus. We don't really have to learn it. Um, we just open up our hearts and believe that God is love, as John the, the Apostle says He is, and we receive the love of Jesus. Mercy, on the other hand, isn't the same. Mercy we have to learn. And Jesus says uh, to the Pharisees of that day, go and learn what this means. And He quotes Hosea as well as David, um, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. And um, even tonight, I just declare that there's grace and there's mercy for us tonight. There's, this is a safe place, um, but we do bring a dangerous message. And that message is to overcome, as Lisa said, overcome our traumas and our past and allow the love and the mercy of Jesus to transform us. So here Jesus is explaining to the Pharisees as he calls Matthew um, his apostle. You know, he, he calls Matthew as a tax collector um, in the midst of, you know, public. He does it publicly. He doesn't, you know, go behind, you know, closed doors and privately call Matthew. He does it right in the middle um, of, you know, the Jerusalem of that day. And Matthew is a well-known tax collector. Um, he had an occupation for the Roman government. And Jesus, right in the midst of all this, he says, follow me, Matthew. And uh, after this, Matthew, even in his sin, he um, throws a party with drunken sinners to celebrate his calling as an apostle. <laughs> now imagine that. You know, here you are, just been called to the apostolic circle. And to celebrate that, you throw a party. And you invite sinners. And Jesus, in his grace, he attended the party. That to me won't go into all the context of it because we only have about 15 minutes tonight. But um, it's just a telling that Jesus comes to us in those transition periods. Yeah. Then in His love, as well as we're transitioning out of our past and into our present, 
in our future, Jesus comes with us in His grace and love. Good. Amen. And um, I can tell you that was my experience. It wasn't an easy transition, but Jesus helped me through it. And he's probably done that for many of us here. Um, so we cannot get the truth of Jesus' mercy, humility, and gentleness through natural means. It's something we, ne- we, we have to learn. We have to set our minds to asking Jesus to teach us. And it definitely doesn't come natural to us. What does come natural to us about God, um, that many of us, can, and even myself, could relate to at one time, was that God is a hard man. That's the natural posture of our hearts, that He's mostly mad at us, He's mostly ready to accuse us, and um, He more times than not really wants nothing to do with us. Now that's not true, but that is what does come to our natural flesh minds. And um, it's because of our sin that we we believe God is like this, or it's because of what we've seen or learned from our past mentors, our parents possibly, um, even possibly our pastor or youth ministers. That is the natural discourse that we have with God, and that's the natural foundation of our relationship. Um, But Jesus, in total contradiction, says that I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And even David in Psalm 51 says the same thing. He's like, Lord, if you desired sacrifice, I would give it to you. But you don't desire burnt offerings. You desire a contrite spirit. You desire a wholehearted lover. And that I would give you my whole heart, my whole mind, my whole strength as the God of Jacob, Abraham, and Isaac who loves me. Mm-hmm. That's what God desires. Mm-hmm. And um, Jesus is not only saying, like declaring his character to the Pharisees in this time. And the Pharisees were ones who most certainly identified with God as this hard man. And Jesus says that's exactly opposite. My God, my Father, me, I desire mercy. And He's a God who is merciful and He desires it. And that's the great, um, that's the great thing. It's not only is He merciful, but He desires it. And, and that's what Jesus says, we have to learn this. And it doesn't come naturally to us. And here we're even witnessing this historic event. And Matthew, as a tax collector, um, he did absolutely nothing to deserve the mercy of Jesus. Mm-hmm. What Matthew did was he was once a Jew who sold himself to the Roman office government. And he betrayed his background, his past, his heritage. In, in a time of trouble and political unrest where there were social injustices and they were taxing the poor to you know, give Herod his plunder so he could build this idealist idolatry of a kingdom. He sold himself to this government and he went with arms, most likely even back to his family, and he taxed them. So needless to say, tax collectors were hated. People wanted nothing to do with them. They they feared them because of their um, aggressive ways of taxing the people. And Jesus comes to Matthew and he says, Follow me, for I desire mercy. So I tell you, I'm given. I'm so blessed that Jesus called Matthew because it gives me hope. It lets me know I have nothing to earn the mercy and the love of Jesus. And um, 
It's designed by God that way because if I could earn it, I could lose it. So he designs it perfectly that way so that there's nothing you can do to earn it, but then there's nothing you can do to lose it. Simply because he created you in love and he has plans and, you know, he has plans and futures for you, as Jeremiah says in, in chapter 29 of his, his, his book. So um, here's what Jesus says. He, he opens up, you know, he opens up a door and he says it right amidst the Pharisees. And um, we read this story also in Luke 5. And again, he, um, he goes with uh, Matthew in this transition period. And um, we also read in Micah 7, verse 18, I delight in showing mercy. And in Lamentations 3.24, His mercies renew every morning. It's not a burden for God to pour out His love on you. It, it, doesn't, it isn't hard for Him to welcome you to His feet like He did Mary of Bethany and say, come before me, for this is the good thing, that which cannot be taken away from you. It wasn't challenging for Jesus to do that. He created us to be needy because He wanted us to receive all that He has for us. If we could do anything without it, it would um, limit our necessity and need for Jesus. So with that, we'll uh, close with this story. Um, and it's, it's appropriate even for tonight as we're... I believe there's an anointing as Lisa shared her testimony for God to um, just overcome our sexual immorality and overcome those things, um, those sexual uh, barricades in our hearts that prohibit us from entering into Jesus' love. And um, I even I was reading uh, past notes that Andy wrote about what it means to know God. And um, the word gnosko is the Greek word for to know and to have revealed to you. And it's also a Jewish idiom for sexual intimacy between man and a woman. And God wants to replace this sexual immorality with His love. And the reason, not the reason, but a reason that we um, that we resort to sexual immorality, pornography, masturbation, um, you know, just the shame of you know same-sex attractions, is because of uh, just this self-insecurities that we're not good enough, um, that I'm not fit for a king, and so we replace that. And because we feel dirty, we act dirty. But as soon as we feel clean, we act clean, and as soon as we receive our identity in who we are in Christ, we act out that identity. But unless you feel clean, you're not going to act clean. So what needs to happen is, one, you, re you realize, like Lisa did, your brokenness and your necessity for Jesus, and then you believe in His power to overcome those areas of need in your life. So you can turn to Luke 7, where we see this acted out in Jesus' walk on the earth 2,000 years ago. And um, again, a little backdrop of this. Jesus is meeting with the Pharisee. Um, it was probably shortly after, you know, uh, he, he was calling, he called his disciples. In Luke 5, we read of Jesus calling Matthew to the apostolic circle. And then in Luke 7, we, hear, we read of this story with Jesus meeting with Simon, who was a Pharisee at that time. And um, here the, the story is, you know, they're in Simon's house and they're reclining at the table, and Simon is asking Jesus to teach him things, to meet with him, to show him 
you know, you know, the mysteries of, of what he's doing as he's seeing all these miracles taking place, and you know, the, really the greatest re revival Jerusalem had seen up until this time. And in this moment, we see the sinner of a woman, and the scriptures declare her as a sinner. It's pretty clear that she was a prostitute. So she was one who was walking out sexual immorality. And in this moment, she drops her hair, which was totally inappropriate socially in those times for a woman to do. And instead of anointing Jesus' head, which was the custom of anointing in the Jewish culture, she anoints his feet out of most likely just like utter need and desperation. And she interrupts this dinner table scene, which again was just like a basically a desperate cry for the mercy of God. And Jesus in his grace receives her and um, accepts this just outpouring of her love and she pours out an alabaster box, a very rich display. Um, and it was probably an inheritance that she received from her from her parents um, or from her guardians. So it was, it was really her inheritance, you know, as a, as a woman, as a child of that family. And she pours it out on Jesus' feet. Um, she wipes his feet with his tear, with her tears, and she anoints him. And just uh, doesn't say a word, but just this utter, just merciful act of love towards Jesus. And Simon gets offended. And he doesn't even say anything outwardly because he's had really probably speechless or, you know, whatever his reasoning was. He gets offended and he says, if this man was truly a prophet, um, he would know that this woman is a sinner. And Jesus interrupts Simon's thought process. <laughs> doesn't even doesn't even give Simon the time to, to, to speak. He interrupts Simon's thought process. And he says, Simon, you didn't even offer me, you know, a piece of bread. Or I, I don't have the scripture in front of me, so I'm probably not saying it verbatim, but... You didn't even offer me, you know, whatever it is that was culturally accepted to offer me. But this woman, she has poured out her life to me. And um, he goes on and he says, And because she has loved much, because she has been forgiven much, she will love much. And so what I want to propel us into a moment of receiving is just the reality that it's the degree to which we receive the mercy of Jesus it's to that same degree that we can love God and love others. In Simon, for it was either one of two reasons, wasn't able to love God or even believe that this was God in his house. Here, I mean, here's God in the house of Simon. I mean, it's just a remarkable, remarkable time in history. God in the flesh is resting at Simon's at Simon's table, and Simon doesn't even recognize it. But this woman recognizing who Jesus was, says, I'm not going to miss out on this. I don't care what they do to me, what shame I feel publicly, because I know who I'm dealing with. And um, just in that understanding but desperation, she pours out this experience of her life. And so I tell you, until we understand how merciful Jesus is, until we learn it, until we learn the mercy of Jesus, we will be, in, um, we will be, have a certain incapacity to love God and love others. And you know, we read in uh, Matthew 22 about the first commandment, and the second is like it. 
we you know we first have to love Jesus and love God with our you know the fourfold act of love heart soul mind and strength um, and then we'll love others but I tell you like this movement of God in our generation is is going to a place where we love others as much as we love ourselves that's where it's moving that's when we'll really under that's when we'll really witness and we'll really see that we understand and we believe the love of Jesus when we do what they did in Acts and we share everything with each other. That's what they did out of love for one another. They shared everything. All of their possessions. They withheld nothing because they had such a love for the brotherhood. They had such a joy of sharing. And, and you know, That's another message. But anyways, that's where this is going. And, and until we understand and learn the mercy of Jesus, um, we, we have an inability to love God with our whole heart. And we have an, certainly an ability to love one another. And um, tonight I just want to pray for us um, who identify with Lisa's experience, um, who identify either as Simon or, you know, the sinner, the prostitute woman, um, that one, we're so broken that we need God's love, or two, that we're either trust as Simon, we're either trusting our own um, ability to earn God's love that we don't need His mercy. You know, Simon believed he had an ability to obtain, you know, the love of God through natural means. And that's not true. You can do nothing to earn God's love. And you can do nothing to lose it. But Simon was believing that. And he had an inability to receive the love of God. Because, you know, in his um, experiences as a Pharisee, he thought that was normal. And, and that's okay if you think that's normal. And we have grace for that tonight. There's no shame if that's where you are. Because that is a normal response to so many ways that we have been, you know, we have experienced God or we have understood God through whichever reason. So that's a normal response. So we have grace for that tonight. But and Paul, it's interesting that, that Lisa talked about that from a background of wonderful parents. Right. I consider myself a recovering Pharisee, like a Simon. I had wonderful parents. And it's not what they did to me, but it's what I saw. Okay, I need to achieve. I need to achieve it. And when you when you want to achieve, then you're hard on yourself and you can be hard on other people too, like Simon. It's true. It's true. Um, I mean, so much so in the American culture, we have a performance orientation mindset. But Jesus' kingdom is so much different. Jesus' kingdom, he says, blessed are the meek. Mm-hmm. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Those are the rules, the sovereign guidelines of Jesus' ministry. He doesn't say, blessed are those who um, you know, fast and pray without reason. <laughs> you know, he doesn't say that. I mean, blessed are the, fasting and praying is awesome. I don't want to mistake, mistake that. He doesn't say blessed are those who, you know, whatever you you know you fill in the blank. Um, and then two, you know, as Lisa experienced, um, we just want to pray if if you can identify with the prostitute woman in this Luke seven story. Just that. Um, you know, culturally, you've maybe been shamed for your behaviors, or 
you haven't felt safe to, you know, be honest about your struggles because culturally they weren't accepted and, you know, maybe you've heard that, you know, if we knew what you did, you know, then, then surely he wouldn't be sitting with this person. Um, maybe you've experienced that from, from even loved ones, family members, or, uh, you know, mentors or people that you respected. Tonight we're, we're not saying that that's the case. We say, you know, avail yourself to Jesus and he'll come with you with open arms, pierced hands, full of mercy because he desires it. All he desires is the mercy of God. So um, if you can identify that, I just want to pray with you. Um, if you feel comfortable raising your hand and letting those pray around with you, that's wonderful. If, if that's not where you're at tonight, that's okay too. Um, you know, it's a progress. It's it's a it's it's a growing process to receive the love of Jesus. So there's a time and a place for that, and we want you to be open to receiving that. So if you feel comfortable asking those around you to pray for you, then we would love to pray for you. And even it says in the book of James, you know, as we confess our sins for one another, we receive healing. So there is a an, a power in confession. And so there's, this is a safe place. There's no shame or judgment if that's you. And there's no shame or, or judgment if uh, you identify with Simon or, you know, uh, just one who's tried to earn the love of God. So, um, Holy Spirit, we ask you mm -hmm. to teach us mercy. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God, that we would understand yes. and we would receive from you yes, um, as a God of mercy. We would receive from you as a God who... Um, desires to pour out His love. Desires to pour out um, just the openness to receive a broken and contrite spirit. And blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Yes, God, You desire a contrite and broken spirit. So come, Lord, and teach us that as we just open ourselves to um, receiving this. And God, we just pray and we break off the spirit of sexual immorality. Yes, Lord. We ask you, Spirit, to come and teach us who we are. Teach us who you created us to be. We want to receive the cleansing power of your healing, Jesus. Yes. So that we would see we are clean. And that we would act that out and we would love in that, Jesus. It says in your word that we have ravished your heart with one look of our eye, God. All we have ravished the... The mighty eye, the mighty heart of God of creation. We have ravished the heart of the God of creation with one look of our eye. And I tell you, there is so much power. There is so much power in a heart that receives. In a heart that says, here I am, God. Here I am. From out of the depths we cry, O Lord. Give us a deep cry. It says in Psalm 130, from out of the depths we cry, O Lord. Give us the deep cry, Jesus. Give us the deep cry that we would understand the power and the manifest authority that we have to receive from your love, Jesus. So come, Holy Spirit. All that you would come, Holy Spirit, and cleanse us, God. That you would cleanse us from the sexual immorality that, uh, that prohibits us from entering into your presence, God. Oh, God, that we would, we would receive your mercy, God. It says in Isaiah 54, for your husband, for your maker is your husband. I just declare that tonight that your maker is your husband. 
Oh God, that we would receive that revelation. Yes. Your Maker is your husband tonight. And it says in Isaiah, Isaiah 40 that uh, your name is Hephzibah and His delight is in you. Yeah. And your name is Beulah and He is married to you. Oh God, that we would understand the intimacy of who we are. The intimacy of just believing and receiving who we are in Jesus Christ, God. Yes. So God, we just ask You to come in Your power. So we just want to open this to a time of receiving. We're just going to have Siggy play some ministry music. We just want to receive the love of God right now. Okay. We just want to receive from the Holy Spirit right now. This is just a time of receiving. Um, we are going to move into a small group moment where we can, you know, um, if you want, if you identify with Simon or you identify with the, the prostitute woman of that time, or you can just um, share with that, or maybe you have a testimony that you want to share with a small group where you've received from the Lord in this way. But um, right now we just ask you, Lord, just to continue just to pour out your mercy, and that we would just receive from you. It is our desire that we wouldn't leave here the same way we walked in. That by Jesus walking into the room, we can walk out changed people. So God, we ask you to walk in the room. Here we are, God, standing in your presence. We ask you for your Shekinah glory, God, to just come and fall in this place. And we ask you, God, to just walk in the room and do what you do. We just partner with who you are tonight, Jesus. We partner with your character and the excellencies of who you are, Jesus. I'll come, Holy Spirit.